0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hospitable Host Podcast. Uh, today on our show, we have Matt Kruger with us. Uh, Matt has a whole stack of skills, um, and he has experience as being a real estate investor, an Airbnb mentor, uh, and a cash flow coach. Uh, so looking forward to talking to him about scaling up without a property manager today and working just a few hours a week. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Miles. Uh doing really good. Um excited to be on and kind of share some some knowledge and insights of uh, where we've come from and where we're going.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and tell us, Matt, for those watching the video recording of this, uh, please explain your background decor. Whereabouts are you today?
1: Yeah, so um in my primary house, I don't typically have a giant siege roll behind me. Um we are currently on South Padre Island. Uh, we uh uh, a few years ago, we started spending our winters here. Uh, we live uh, just off of Des Moines, Iowa, and it gets kind of cold there this time of year. So we decided to uh, to migrate down here where it's much warmer and, and there's a beach here. So uh, so yeah, so you find uh, the turtle behind me today, but uh, that's that's the why.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, awesome. So, you know, let's start off with kind of the story about you, Matt. Um, I didn't really give you much of an introduction, so... I'd love to kind of learn more about you and um, your story about, you know, how you got into vacation rental property management um, and the story behind you retiring before you turned 30.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I like to say that our story is is something that can be achieved by anybody. And that's really kind of what I teach on and train on is that, you know, financial freedom isn't just for somebody who comes from money or who already has a lot of experience or whatever? Um, it's not like anybody can do it. Uh, eight nine years ago, back in 2015, I was a cell phone sales rep at a Sprint store, and I was making about thirty five dollars or thirty five thousand dollars a year. And my wife and I had uh, just gotten pregnant with our, our first child. We have four now, but. Our thought process was, you know, what are we going to do to support our family? Um, how are we going to make this work? She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and we had the desire to homeschool, and just all these things flooding our head. And um, we were listening to some podcasts, and we've also got uh, a little bit of family that that has some rental properties too, and kind of listening to them. And it's like, we we should start doing real estate investing. Like, like how do we? How can we buy a house? And we, you know, at the time I was only making $35,000 a year. It's like, I can't afford 20% down. So, so we learned about this method called house hacking and we actually moved into a single family rental uh, that I bought for $90,000 was our first home. It was the definition of grandma's house, carpet in the kitchen, all of the nasty things. Mm-hmm. But we uh, we were able to get this house with only 3% down on a conventional loan as a primary residence because we moved into the property. Um, so I didn't have to come up with a 20% down. Uh, We even got the seller to pay closing costs, all of these things. So that was really our, our first experience into it. And we ended up living there for a year. We renovated the property as we lived there. And then after a year, we moved out, we rented it out. And we did this again and again and again so we actually ended up doing this five times in five years building really the foundation of our rental portfolio to get us to where we are today but um, you know i won't go into everything uh, from there to here but we've learned to be creative with financing we utilized a heloc on our primary residence to buy more rental properties Um, it was all about like being smart with the investing and the way that we invested to really help us to get to this point today Um, and uh, I mean, I, I never had a you know advanced, elevated salar- salary or anything. You know, it was always um, you know pretty median um, throughout my my ten years in cellular retail sales stuff. So, um, you know, and that's just really what I teach people today. It's like you don't have to you know be making a lot of money or come from somewhere special to do this. You just have to be smart uh, with how with how you're doing this, and and that's that's what we're teaching people today. So
0: amazing! That's awesome. Uh, and when you when you are educating people around that. What are some of the kind of common pitfalls that you see people make? You know, they're trying to expand the number of properties that they have. Maybe it's even just kind of getting on the ladder, getting that first property. Um, what are some of the key challenges that piece, people face along the way and you're trying to correct, essentially?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that there's there's two things, right? It's uh, people have this vision of financial freedom. And I think a lot of people have this, this picture of, the way it should look, making a million dollars a year, driving these fancy cars, living in these fancy houses, and just really, you know, where they're living off of the money that they keep making from their properties, um, and then really never finding that financial freedom uh, because it's it's this unattainable picture that they put that they painted in their head. Um, so I think first and foremost, like, like we never used any of our, our cash flow at all until I actually left my job in October of last year. Uh, we only used it to reinvest. We never lived off of it. Um, and even today, we, we live off of about 50 percent of it. So we can keep still you know, investing. Um, so, you know, I would say figure out what financial freedom is for you. Um, you know, don't just focus on like getting 100 properties, focus on. On you know how you can like for us at the time it was focusing on how we could have enough cash flow from our properties to surpass my salary that way I could leave my job because financial freedom for us was about um, being able to have my time back with my family so um, you know I would say that that's one pitfall is is people just like have this this picture in their head this re, you know unrealistic reality of of what it actually is and they don't actually have goals set for themselves so they just keep spinning in circles. Um, The other thing is that when people are growing, um, they end up uh, stalling out at like three, four, five rentals because they end up getting overwhelmed with it, especially if you're working a a full time job as you're trying to manage rentals and stuff, um, especially with short term rentals like it can be super challenging if you don't have like your correct systems and teams in place, um, which is where, you know, hospitable comes in. Um, you know, we'll talk more about that. I know later on here, but, um, having those systems, having those teams and those people, um, in place and, and, you know, making sure that you have, you know, everything organized that way it's repeatable, um, you know, throughout each one of your listings as you grow.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you briefly touched on that, obviously you've got a wife and kids, you've got a family. and um, how do you find, you know, the challenges of time management of, you know, trying to do work on properties whilst also, you know, having family life Are the kids pitching in, are they hammering nails into, uh, you know, plywood? Um, uh,
1: maybe, maybe not hammering nails. Uh, they probably just put holes in the walls, but, uh, yeah. So when we started, so we actually have four kids now, um, seven, five, three, and then four months. Um, so we're, we're busy, but, uh, uh, when we started, like we we were pregnant with our first, we bought our first property and we, we made the decision together as a couple that we were not going to do this where, you know, just my wife raised the kids and then I focused on working full time and also working on these properties full time and all of this stuff because there was a lot, you know, we're, we're buying fixer uppers, properties that needed, you know, uh, a lot of cosmetic stuff. Um, so we decided we were going to do it together or not at all. Um, so that was one part of it was, was doing it as a team. And I encourage anybody with this, like, it's going to be super hard on your marriage and on your family. Um, if you don't, uh, you know, decide to work on this together, um, as a unit. Uh, so that's what we decided to do. And and honestly, like there's nothing that builds the marriage bond stronger than, you know, tiling mm-hmm. a backsplash at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock at night uh, while the kids are, Sleeping and pack and plays, in, you know, in the rooms of this house or whatever. So, um, you know, so that's uh, that's important. Um, and then, you know, also like, um, just kind of touching on the last point too. Um, I want to say like it's important to focus on quality of your mm-hmm. properties over quantity, um, because I think to so many people, and I'm just going to keep hammering on this one, have this idea of, um, you know, well, this guy says he's got hundred doors or 200 doors or a thousand doors or whatever else. And um, you know what they don't realize is that these people are probably partnering with others or syndications and stuff. But, but essentially like, that's in my mind, what creates these slum lords of today too. It's like, you have to focus on just having, you know, the properties that you have perform as best as you possibly can. Um, so that's why like through your systems, through hospitable, and I know we'll talk about this more too, but like, leveling up your properties to get the most amount of profit off of the properties you have. So, um, you know, we only spend two to three hours per week managing our properties today. And we, and I'm going to say only have 12 properties total. um, But that was a choice because I don't want to have so many properties taking up so much time. And we can do that and still have our family time, um, you know, while managing these properties and have enough cash flow to, to live on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, so you you've mentioned hospitable a couple of times. So uh, you know, there's there's no escaping it is a hospitable host podcast. Let's talk about hospitable briefly. And um, you know, how are you using the tool to kind of save yourself time? What's the really kind of the key feature for you that's really kind of you know pulling its weight and, and really helping you out uh, as a family?
1: This is this is like a super loaded question. So I feel like we should break this down a little bit too. But I'm going to say. Like just general, generalizing hospitable as a whole, I would say like the biggest thing for us is, is our total synchronization of everything that we have in one place. Um, every day, um, I mean, I don't even look at it every day, honestly, like it, every other day, sometimes, um, when, when I am going to focus on my term rental business, the first place I go is hospitable because I know that everything I have, whether it be, um, now, I don't even know if I can say the names of our, of our OTAs or whatever on here. So I'll just say, you know, other booking platforms, um, you can. It, it makes sense. Uh, Airbnb, <laughs> BRBO, um, booking.com, whatever else, like I don't need to go to these websites because everything that I have is through hospitable. So whether that's, you know, communicating with, with cleaners and our cleaning schedules and communicating with guests and checking out, you know, to make sure that, um, you know, we have all of our, um, you know, guest communication going up properly, everything there, like it's all in one synchronized place that I can just go to.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. And then I assume that kind of hospitable has kind of played into the factor of, uh, you know, why you don't use a property manager, basically you, you know, you manage things on your own. Um, how do you think hospitable plays into that? And you know, why don't you have someone doing it for you? Why have you not just gone and found someone to manage your properties and and take a commission off of you?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to, uh, to diss on co-hosts or property managers or anything like that because I have friends that are, um, but for me personally, um, it's, I would say, you know, if you want to be, 100% 100% hands off and you don't want to have anything that you have to do, which I don't think that there ever is a perfect world like that. Cause even if you have a property manager or co-host, they're still going to reach out to you for little things, but you know, 98% hands off, then yes, have a property manager, have a co-host, whatever else. But um, if you want to be able to still have your life and be able to reasonably manage properties, like I said, we spend two to three hours a week managing our 12 then it's it's a must because everything is is automated for the most part. I mean, we've got um, you know calendar synchronization across all of the the OTAs, which uh, for those that don't know, that's online travel agencies like um, Airbnb, VRBO, whatever. So whenever I get a booking on Airbnb or VRBO or a direct booking, it is synchronized through my hospitable calendar. So so that booking comes in from Airbnb it then will block off my calendar for those dates on my direct booking website or on my VRBO website. So I don't need to worry about blocking off these other dates. It's all set up and synchronized there. Um, you know, also, which is a big thing here, automated guest messaging. I know I touched on this a little bit. People just assume that like, well, Airbnb offers automated guest messaging. They do do, but they don't. Uh, to the level that we are able to to do things through hospitable is so much more advanced than than anything that I've experienced, um, especially, uh, you know, also in, including chat GPT, uh, having the magic wand icon as well as is, is a big part of that, too. So I can just click on a button and um, respond to a message automatically without needing to type something out because hospitable already knows the reservation. They know what our property has because it's synchronized to all of these things. So it's, it's really like the, the saving of, of time for me. You know, I can, I can look at my, my cleaning calendar and I can see, uh, I can, I can set it up so I can automatically assign cleanings uh, or manually assign, assign cleanings or have it automatically assign them. So, so I can go there and I can just see, well, Hey, you know, This is taken care of by this person. This is taken care of by this person. If I want them to do something extra, I can, you know, assign them these things. But it's just like all of these things combined into one, um, and I could go on and on. I'll just, I'll I'll slow down. I told you, Miles, I'll just keep talking. But uh, all these things combined (laughs) into one place where like normally, um, you know, trying to manage all of these could take me 10, 20, 30 hours a week trying to go back and forth through all of these things. it, It brings it way down because it automates it. And, and it, you know, synchronizes it all in one place for me.
0: Cool. And then, so obviously, Hospitable is saving you a lot of time. Um, you've told us that you want to focus more on, you know, the, the existing properties that you have and make sure that they're amazing and you're providing an amazing guest experience versus just trying to get as many doors as possible. Uh, so the, the time that you're saving with Hospitable where are you investing that time the most? Is it on, you know, the the decor in your, um, you know, kitchen, it's ripping out the carpet. Um, is it focusing on those extra additional kind of guest experience touches? Uh, you know, where do you invest your time to make sure that your guests have the most amazing stay?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say like, I'm going to, I'm going to lead back into this quality over quantity thing um, with, with saving all of this time, it has really helped us to be able to focus on, um, you know, providing all of these amenities as well. Like that's a big thing, especially like through Airbnb booking as well. Um, they prioritize properties and have them higher up on the list that offer more um, amenities uh, and and certain, you know, things like whether you're having a game room or, you know, you have a, an iron or whatever else. It's like all of these other things. Like we can we can spend more time in our properties and communicating with our teams and focusing on um, how to up-level the properties that we have now. And, and I mean, I would say like, we're, we're making, I don't even know. I can't even throw out a number. We're making a lot more money through these properties and our ADR is higher and our occupancy rate is higher because we, we focusing on having these, these much higher level properties than they would have been otherwise because we're focused so much on, the nitty gritty, the, you know, did this message go out to this guest? Did we say this to this cleaner? Did, you know, this get blocked off on this calendar or whatever else? Like, I don't even have to think about these things anymore. I don't need to worry about them so I can just focus on up-leveling my business um, as it is instead of all of these other, you know, little things. Cool.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, and then two more questions for you. Um, just, just to kind of warn you how much time you've, you can fill your answers with. All right. Uh, so um, direct bookings is obviously kind of a key topic for um, Hospitality. You, know, um, you know, we have our own direct offering now. Um, I believe that you're util- utilizing it to some degree. Um, where do you see um, direct um, standing versus kind of the OTAs? Um, OTAs being Airbnb, Booker.com, as you mentioned. Um, you know what is your strategy around focus towards using directing your properties versus kind of the the main traditional booking channels?
1: Yeah, so so first and foremost, I'm not going to bash on Airbnb because they, I mean, honestly, they make us a ton of money. Um, they do a lot of advertising for us; it's great. Um, yeah. You know, Airbnb in and of itself is a fantastic uh, platform um, where I'm happy to list properties. However, um, there's two things that come into play here that concern me. Number one is the control over the booking is not in my hands. Um, so if, I mean, like I've seen, I'll just name off some horror stories, for example, where a guest complained because they, they, you know, they were upset with the host about something. So they claimed that there was a, a camera inside of the house or whatever. Um, and Airbnb shut down that listing and suspended all of the other host listings until they were able to basically prove them not guilty. So essentially, you're guilty until proven innocent. They will suspend your, your listing. They will um, cancel all of your future bookings, all of these other things. Um, now, again, these are what-ifs, but, I mean, there's other things, too, where Airbnb can just take money from you, give a refund to a guest over something because they complained. Um, now, now again, these are, these are some... These are some horror stories, not saying that this is going to happen, but I like to have the control over the booking myself and have it in my own hands, the relationship between the guest and me, not the guest, me and Airbnb. Um, Secondly is, I mean, honestly, like an important thing for a lot of people is the money, right? Um, When a guest books on Airbnb, Uh, I should know this better. I want to say it's a 12% fee that they pay. That's the guest service fee to Airbnb. And as a host, we pay a 3% fee. So Airbnb is taking a big chunk of change from guests and from hosts with every single booking where if you book direct, then um, you don't have to charge these fees. It's like, yeah, there's still, you know, the occupancy taxes, which... um, with direct premium through Hospitable, you guys actually collect occupancy taxes uh, now as well. I'm pretty sure. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Miles. But um, so,
0: That's great. Yeah.
1: So uh, yeah, I mean, and then it's this just you know it, it'll save the guest money. Um, so if you wanted to you know work around with the prices a little bit more, you just have a lot more flexibility with that. You guys are both a little bit happier in the end. You save money, they save money, everybody's happier. So um, so there's that. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, hospitable has just been fantastic. Like for me personally, like we used the hospitable, uh, web automatic website creation tool for a while. Um, so we used your website. Um, I, I, uh, I'm a tech guy, so I decided I wanted to have my own website. So we ended up doing that, but the advantage was that there's still a direct booking widget. So whether you want to have hospitable, make a website for you, or you want to just have this widget, which essentially like shows, Uh, So I can just drop this, you know, code into my website and it shows, you know, here's your property, here's the available dates, because it's still syncing up all of these dates with my hospitable calendar through my other properties. It's, you know, syncing up through price labs, dynamic pricing that I've got. So everything is the same on my website. Uh, when a guest goes to book as they would see anywhere else. Um, So it really gives me the freedom and flexibility to make the business my own um, and have control over it and not pay those uh, OTA fees. So um, that was a a loaded answer, but hopefully that helps a little bit.
0: That's excellent. I'm sure the listeners will find that very useful. Um, And then a final change of pace before the end of the podcast. Um, So just kind of a bit of future gazing. So, what do you see as being the kind of the big things happening in the industry in 2024? Some of the things that hosts need to focus on uh, and what are you focusing on in 2024? You know, are you doubling down on quality, I'm sure. Um, do you have any additional properties on the way? Um, yeah. What's happening with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yes. And yes. Um, to the people out there that say um, Airbnb is dying, I, I would answer and say, yeah, um, you know, Airbnb as a booking platform might be restructuring. Maybe they will die. I think like anything else, um, you know, VRBO used to be the big one. Now Airbnb is, um, but vacation rentals, um, short-term rentals will always be a necessity. They will always be something that people want to use. You'll want to take your family, uh, extended family, go stay in a beach house somewhere or whatever else. They will always be there. Whether Airbnb comes or goes, uh, vacation rentals are always needed. But i would say that um you know airbnb directly is doing a much better job of fielding out um the uh the underperforming uh hosts out there because i you mean know, a couple of years ago you could throw up whatever you know some some grungy old house with some uh used furniture or whatever and just call it a, a air you know call it an Airbnb call it a short-term rental and, and start making money well now Airbnb is doing a lot better job of bringing those guys to the bottom of the list and putting them out of business essentially and elevating the hosts like myself who really try to make the best possible guest experience. Um, so they, they have, you know, new labels um, uh, like guest favorite um, through Airbnb where now it shows like on both of my properties or all my properties, it shows like, um, you know, where you know, this property, because it maintains a 4.9 higher star rating um, and has great uh, mm-hmm. reviews from whatever else and the host is doing fantastic and all of these things, it's like now they're bringing my properties up. So I'm actually getting way more bookings than I used to be, I would say, even at the beginning of the year. Uh, my bookings, my Decembers are fantastic. Um, I would say also, you know, it's like I said, you know, it's it's, it's not about, um, you know, numbers necessarily, it's about the quality. So make sure you're offering those amenities. Make sure you've got your um your great photos. Make sure that you're using dynamic pricing, which is important too, and having all of these things and you will exceed. So for me personally, I've got long-term rentals and I've got short-term rentals. And right now I am focused on buying short-term rentals and I want to buy them quickly. I think from everything else that I'm reading that we may see some interest rates going down this next year. And with that, I think we're going to see a much more competitive uh market for um for buyers coming in um because people are gonna want to buy houses so we might see prices go mm-hmm. up so I'm trying to buy now before that happens because I can always refinance later. But yeah, I mean we're looking to do more like uh, unique properties uh this next year have things that are a little bit different um offer an experience more than just a stay um uh, but yes we are a hundred percent buying um I think twenty twenty four is gonna be an interesting year it's where we're gonna see the, the super hosts succeed and the other guys fall away. Um, but I think that that's a good thing, honestly. Amazing. Big
0: year for you next year,
1: Matt. Big year.
0: And um, so if, if people want to find out more from you, Matt, if they want to get some more advice from you, uh, whereabouts can they head to you to learn more?
1: Yeah. So I started doing those, uh, you know, I started being a content creator, whatever you want you want to call it, about a year ago. Uh, TikTok is where I'm most popular at. Uh, rental Cashflow is my username over there. Um, I love doing it. I don't really sell anything. I just, I just speak what we're doing, and I want to help people. That's really what I needed to hear from other creators. Uh, you know, uh, when we were starting this, when we were starting short-term rentals, especially, was just seeing normal people do it. Um, so, that, that's what I try to do with people. Um, so, Rental Cash Flow on TikTok is my biggest one. That's my main one. Also, Rental Cash Flow on Instagram as well. So, but yeah, Rental Cash Flow, Matt Kruger, you'll find me.
0: Amazing. Matt, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed recording with me
1: today. I did. Thank you, Miles. This was fun.
0: Cool. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have another episode coming shortly. Thank you, everyone. Hey folks, Miles here from the Hospitable team. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Hospitable Hosts podcast. If you're not already a Hospitable user yourself, we've got an offer for you. Sleep easy, host confidently with Hospitable. Automate your guest messages, sync your calendar across booking channels and protect yourself from bad direct booking guests. Sign up today at hospitable.com forward slash podcast and get 25% off your bill for three months. That's 25% off for three months on top of a 14-day free trial. Just head to hospitable.com forward slash podcast to get started now.